0: Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Welcome to the basement, and I am intoxicated. I really am I'm intoxicated on playoff football. Are you? How do you feel? You probably feel good just to be looking at me and hearing me and have it be anything other than than that Burger King commercial jingle. Let me check the price, I did check the pr- oh my god, that thing, love you BK, all the great people there, grew up eating your products, used to go to my dad's house and get it. Uh, in the meantime, guys, the I'm recording this right now on Sunday night, the Giants just beat the Vikings, good game. I'm just now starting to breathe oxygen after clinching my entire body for the Dolphins-Bills game. Was that like the most excruciating, unpleasant playoff win for you, the Bills fan base? Was it, if you're part of that fan base? Did you have any fun watching that game, at least in the second half? First quarter was fun. We have so much to get into. A lot going on. Bengals-Ravens is going to happen in about 15 minutes as I'm recording this. So. If anything crazy happens, I'll just start screaming about it. Sometimes that happens on the Sunday night in the basement. The Warriors ready, I'm ready. Um, we always start out with our podium. Third place, second place, first place. Who won the weekend? Remember, Saturday game's too. Sunday night, we're covering the whole damn weekend. But in third place on the podium, I'm going to go to Western New York, sure enough, for our guy, uh, Buffalo Bill Josh Allen and his entire team in Western New York, they won the game. And uh, I think we should set the tone with that win by looking back to five days ago when Josh Allen was on this program, and he was going into playoff mode for sure with his sound bites, and this was his thoughts on looking ahead to the Miami game that they just won. We're taking it one game at a time. Yeah. Uh, we've got you know, everything from here on out. It's not you know, how you win, it's if you win. It's the only thing that matters is winning a football game. And that is the motto, folks. Thank God he said it because damn, that did not look great. But it's not how you win, right, Josh? It's if you win. In fact, I saw the locker room video of him breaking down the team in the locker room after the game once they won. And sure enough, not how you win, it's if you win. We'll have to hit him with that line whenever he joins us this week. We're not sure which. All right, uh, so they win. They win 34-31 over the Dolphins. And I saw that game, it was in three phases. Uh, phase one was the jubilation phase. The Bills are getting a pseudo bye week, and when is Case Keenum gonna come into the game? <laughs> that was the happy love uh, and joy phase. First quarter, right down the field, touchdown, touchdown. James Cook scores a touchdown. Dawson Knox scores a touchdown. Skylar Thompson throws a, an interception. It's gonna be, I, I, the game might be 42 to 10. It might be that kind of game. So that's phase one. And you're like, okay, nice little tune-up. Let's get the starters out. We'll see who we play next week. Phase one. Then phase two came around, and it was really, really, really unpleasant for Bills fans, but pretty awesome for Dolphins fans, I bet. And you knew it was gonna start badly when they come out and uh, to start the, uh, the second half, and Josh goes under center, and, you know, the, Nance and Romo were talking about, it. You know, the Dolphins really came on there at the end of that first half and put some points on the board and made it a game here. And Romo's just going, I don't know, Jim. I think, I think Josh is really about to explode. And he hadn't even finished his sentence. And the ball is bouncing around in the turf towards the end zone. And sure enough, the Dolphins scoop it up for a defensive touchdown and then brought on the excruciating clenching phase where everything from your knuckles to your toes to your buttocks were clenching, if you feel a vested interest in the Buffalo Bills, because you're, it, it was brief, and then it kept going and going, and the clenching phase wouldn't end. And then they're scoring touchdowns, and now it's not just the defensive score. Now Skylar Thompson's leading drives, and at some point like turned into Randall Cunningham for like, quick little flashes, and you're like, what is going on? And then Romo's starting to gen- genuflect about the season just can't end this way, Jim, it it can't, it just, if you're the Bills, you can sense the nervousness in the stadium, and you could. Man, it was ugly for a while, really ugly, and they were losing, and then you're like, you start to think, all right, you lose a playoff game, it'd be really disappointing this year when it's the Super Bowl or blah, blah, blah. How do you explain, how do you live down, how do you rationalize, how do you digest that they lost the playoff game is the biggest wild card favorite in NFL history and they lost it at home, and they lost it to a guy named Skyler. I'm standing here last Thursday doing this whole rant for you people about, you can't lose to a guy named Skyler. No one named Skyler has ever accomplished anything. I heard from some people who named their children Skyler on Twitter. I meant no offense, and again, my name's nothing special, but I'm not the quarterback in a playoff game. Skyler Thompson was. You know what, Skyler Thompson was good. I mean, he wasn't great or anything. He had long, bad stretches, but he was totally fearless, settled in, made big throws. He came to compete. I thought it was pretty cool. So he brought about the clenching phase. And then you get to these disgusting, sloppy, what the hell is going on? is this, this barely football phase. Remember that period of that Bills game, the Bills-Dolphins game, when it seemed like every single snap was going to result in a delay a game? and it was the coach on the sideline trying to call a timeout to prevent the delay of game, the players not really hearing the whistle and almost committing personal fouls by leveling the quarterback because they think the ball's still alive. Remember that portion of the game? That was crazy. What was that? And it was just like, they couldn't put them away. The Bills could not put the Dolphins away and you're sitting there with a three point lead. You're like, and again, I keep quoting Romo because I mean, he was all over the place but he was really hitting the, the beats of the tension When you're up three, you're thinking, one stupid little bounce and our season is over. One thing that goes off our hands and gets intercepted by a pick six and we gift the Dolphins another touchdown. That's it. There's no Chiefs rematch. There's no Bengals showdown. There's no Super Bowl parade. You lost in the wildcard game to Skyler at home. That's terrifying. And it's terrifying for fans. It, It wasn't allowed to be terrifying for the Bills because somehow they hung in and they made plays, and there was that bizarre sequence at the end with the motor run and getting the first down, which I think we all know wasn't a first down, even the refs knew it was, and then they all of a sudden they're just like, no, that's it, the game's over, and the Dolphins are like, he clearly was short of the line. What a game that was. Um, I agree with Josh. Listen, here's what's interesting. We'll talk about this all week. Now, all week, the Bills are gonna hear about, oh, well, they're gonna get killed by the Bengals if it's the Bengals that they play. They're gonna lose to the Jaguars if it's the Jaguars. They're overhyped, Allen's overhyped, the team's overhyped, you almost lost to Skylar. this team is just ripe for the picking and frauds. They have to hear that. And I know they don't care, and I know certainly number 17 doesn't care, and we'll ask them about it. We'll pick our words carefully because we don't want to have him go into one game at a time mode. But um, listen, I would say it was not a great performance. It was not their best football, and it was a win. It was a win. What was it again, Josh? It's not how you win, it's if you win. They won. They move on to the divisional round. They win another playoff game. Remember when they went years and years and years without winning any playoff games or even playing in them? They won one today. That's a good thing. Only good enough for third place on the podium, though. Second place, uh, the New York Giants just defeated the Vikings, 31 to 24. Really, really cool. Daniel Jones was insane. <laughs> it's the best game he's ever played. Saquon looked great. The defense made plays at the end. They won. There's no ifs ands or buts. I did not think they were going to win that game. I thought that. In the Dome, Firepower, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Cousins. I just didn't know they had enough offense. I like Saquon. I didn't know their receivers were good enough. You know what's funny? I just got tweeted by one of the Giants receivers right before I started the show. And he tweeted a clip of me. He's filming his television. He's filming his television, me talking last week, and I'm saying, maybe I can even pull this off. Here. This is Isaiah Hodgins quoting me. Look at this. See, so I said are the Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James of of the world ready. From the locker room after the game, Isaiah Hodgins tweets that and he tweets it at me and says we ain't forget. So I guess he was watching and filming it and then I replied and I'm like dude you were great, good game, happy for you. They were great. Isaiah, listen. You were watching me, I was watching you and I appreciate that I appreciate all you did. The Giants were much better from the start to finish. Vikings had a great first drive and you're like okay. Maybe the Vikings will roll in this game. Maybe they'll have their first blowout win of the season. Nope. Giants came right back like it was nothing. Saquon looked like he was a rookie out of Penn State, like his acceleration was out of control. Really good. He ran angry at the goal line. He ran free in in open field. When Saquon's right and healthy, he is the most beautiful runner in this game. There is not someone who has the football in their hands who is more graceful, athletic, impressive, almost ballerina-like than Saquon Barkley. It's so awesome to watch. And he had a couple of those today. It was spectacular, just spectacular. And they won. And we're gonna get to happen with the Vikings. Kirk was really good. Kirk didn't mess up. He didn't have the stupid big interception or the dumb fumble. And at the end of the game, he made a very strange choice on where to put the ball and they came up short. We're gonna get into it a little bit. Hawkinson looked awesome. Was Jeff, Justin Jefferson in the game? Was he already starting his offseason? Did he go down to Florida and like start working out for next year? Because I didn't see him anywhere in the second half. I just didn't see him. And I, I know that they are having coverage his way and blah, blah, blah. They've done that for two years with Jefferson. I didn't see him. And I cannot believe with the game on the line, we couldn't get him a chance to make a play. But this was about the Giants. Um, they haven't won a playoff game since they won the Super Bowl. Think about that. The guy who runs this place and keeps the lights on, Eli Manning, is the last Giants quarterback to win a uh, playoff game. Now it's Daniel Jones, who's his little brother. Awesome, awesome. This team was dead for the late November, early December. Here they are, divisional round, and they're good. They play a really good brand of football. Run the hell out of it, and like, I just can't get enough of Daniel Jones. Did, like, did Daniel Jones just look like a complete badass in this game? Did you ever think you would hear that sentence or say it yourself? He looks, he looked like Josh today. That's what it was. Everyone's saying, oh, he's never, Brian Dable can ever make Daniel Jones Josh Allen. He did today, he ran his butt off, his throws were awesome, like he had this big strong laser throws from the pocket, throws out of the pocket, he was calm, he was cool. Daniel Jones was maybe like the least cool, this quarterback matchup was like the two least cool quarterbacks in the NFL. They both looked really cool today on the field, especially Daniel Jones, it was just awesome. I can't say enough, and sure enough, they play the Eagles next week, Giants-Eagles, I don't know of what part of the country you're watching this from. That is a huge deal in this part of the country. I'm in New York, suburban New York outside the city. That's massive. Giants-Eagles is gonna be big. And the Giants are in the second place in the podium. Isaiah Hodgins, I love you, man. You're great, great job. You were right, you're moving on. Congratulations. Number one on the podium though, uh, a team that was down 27 to nothing. And is laughed at and picked on and pushed aside. And the Jacksonville Jaguars number one on the cover basement podium. They won 31 to 30. What the hell was that on Saturday night? Just what the hell was the Charger apocalypse? That was awesome. Oh, that was awesome, and not in any way surprising. First half, Trevor Lawrence, 10 of 24 for 77 yards and four interceptions. <laughs> the full Peterman. You can't. You just. You can't throw four interceptions in one half of a game let alone a playoff game. Second half, 18 of 23, 211 yards, three, no picks. And a trip to Waffle House. Yeah! Look at this beautiful creature with this beautiful blonde hair going to Waffle House. Yeah, there he is. There's someone in a Lawrence jersey. There's a young, long-haired, blonde woman. And there's a blonde-haired man. Look at him. He looks like a college bro. Decides to go to the Waffle House with a crew after the win. The caption, it's only a win with Waffle House. Awesome. And he had no chairs thrown at him at the Waffle House. He's not part of a video on WorldStarHipHop.com. No, NFL.com, as a winner of a playoff game. Lots to say about the Chargers in that one. (laughs) How can you even begin to speak about them? I hate to say that, but but image of that game, when we're talking about, this because it's the third biggest playoff comeback ever. When you when the, this game is cataloged and looked back on in years and it's the one that we run down the top 10 playoff uh, comebacks ever in the 2022 season, the Jaguars come back into the Chargers. The image is not going to be Lawrence or it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't even be Doug Peterson or anybody. The image should be like this. And Joey Bosa throwing his helmet. That's the image of that game. If you were to take one postcard of the game, that's it because it represented everything the Chargers fans were doing. They were throwing their symbolic helmets. The Chargers were coming apart. They were coming unraveled. And also was a really big play, because it took it from 4th and 6th to 4th and 1, and then it made this amazing quarterback sneak for Lawrence. That was like the most beautiful quarterback little sneak thing that he did. It was like a Jordan logo, and he formed it. His, his blonde hair is hanging out, and it's long. he like, almost like he flexed his tricep right in the middle of the reach. God, that looks good. It looked really good. Build the Jaguars. I was talking with some friends the other day about yeah, it's a three-team race in the AFC, right? Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, we've all been saying the same thing. And the friend was like, pick one team in the AFC that could just blow us away and make a run. Like, well, I don't think it's the Chargers. It's not the Ravens right now. I'm like, yeah, it's not the Dolphins. I think it's the Jaguars. Just just look who's playing well now. Who cares that they're Jacksonville and that they sucked in September and October? They're awesome right now. They just don't lose many games, and they didn't lose this one. It's really cool. How easy it is to mail it in when you're down that much? And be like, well, Got that Cabo reservation, let's move it up to next week. Players do that. I've heard them talk about that. I've heard players in playoff games afterwards tell me off the air, like, you know, on that third quarter, we knew the off this season was was over, so we start thinking. And I'm like, really? They're real people. That is how they think. Not the Jaguars. They won. Who lost the day? Uh, The Chargers lost the day. But I won. So here's the thing. Chargers go up 27-0, and you're, oh my God, it's a different era, and Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, woohoo! maybe they can win the whole thing. Maybe the Chargers are this year's Bengals. And then they started giving it away, giving it away, points and points and touchdowns, and the Jaguars are getting this touchdown, and then they're getting, the, finally the Chargers miss a field goal. And with about five minutes left to go in the game, the Chargers were still winning, but I did something I've done for years, and i just like to check in with Chargers fans. Say, all right, you're up. You were up huge. Now you're up by a little. How do you feel? You feel you got this thing? So I tweeted out: Chargers fans, it's been a while because it's been a few years since I've done this. Would love to know how are you feeling about this one? Remember, I, I sent this. They're still winning the game. They're still winning. They still got other guys out there, most part. So you want them to say like, "We got it. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna finish this one." Look at the responses. These are real responses that come from Chargers fans. This guy says, "Beyond crushed." Me and my dad sat there at 27-nothing and knew deep down this would happen. (laughs) And it did. You knew at 27-nothing? Can you imagine watching the game with your dad and you're up 27-nothing in a playoff game and you're not even happy? That's terrible. What a horrible lot in life. The guy continues, feels like the same movie that we have put on Rewind over and over and over. That guy has the Chargers logo for his Twitter, Abby. He's watching the game with dad and they actually, I think, were upset when they went up 27-0. Imagine not even being able to take Joy, your favorite team, that you love so much, you have their Twitter, you have their logo as your Twitter Abby. and when you go up 27-0 in a playoff game, you're upset. That's tough, man. Give me a better tweet. Chargers fans, five minutes left to go, still winning the playoff game. Next tweet. Quite frankly, never thought this was gonna be an easy win, even at 27-0. Chargers fans know better. But this is different. I set a principle here in the basement that I'm not gonna talk about Chargers' team's past because why is it relevant? Different coach, different players, different everything, different city even. So why can why do we have to wallow in things that happened in years past? Their own fans are doing it. This guy said 27-nothing, we know better. Give me something positive, give me the next tweet. Give me something that's a little uplifting. Travis Burns says, honestly, <laughs> this is a take. He says, honestly, it's a good thing that we lost. <laughs> That was a good night for you? All right, let me get this thought out. Honestly, it's a good thing that we lost because now the Chargers have to make a coaching change. If we we won, we'd be stuck with them, Staley and Lombardi, and waste Herbert's best years and a talented roster. Our players deserve better. I can agree with this opinion, Lightning Bolt. Travis, that is a hell of a spin. That if you would have finished that game and hung on to win by five, or even kept rolling and won 42 to nothing. That would actually be a bad thing for the Chargers to win the game, because then you got to keep those dastardly coaches. No, 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 no. Not only was this not a bad thing, I think this was a positive for the organization. This is a net win. This is a great win. This was the best thing that's happened to us in years was blowing a 27-nothing lead to Jacksonville. Travis, you're my kind of fan. It's a good, I love how he starts, honestly, that's one of those symbols that someone is either lying or not aware that they're lying. Honestly, it's a good thing that we lost. Travis, I love you, man. You're awesome. I can't wait for that same tweet next year and the year after that. Uh, Chargers lost a day, Chargers lost a decade. I hate to say it, it's, it's old and it's not fun, but they just keep doing it. Let's get to something we call award season, come on. All right, let's get right to it. Our first award that we do every single Sunday night now for 19 weeks. The Karen Hill, why did you do that? Coaching decision. Um, this is not so much a coaching decision, it's just a decision. And for that, we give you these crazy young lovers, Karen and Henry Hill on cocaine. Why did you do that? Why? What a hell. Did why I did still you do that, Karen? The last time, Henry, the reason she did that is because they would have found it. Here's the question, though, the why did you do that. Kirk Cousins, my guy, played a clean game, played a good game, threw some lasers, especially to Hawkinson, but just was really dialed in. And then on a fourth and eight and fourth in the season, you throw it three yards to Hawkinson, he gets tackled, and the game is over hit him again. Why did you do that? Why, Why? did you do that? I what did you, you see there? <laughs> what? I can't believe that was the play. The Vikings have such good receivers. You needed eight yards. You couldn't get something that was slightly more down the middle and over the middle. I don't mind throwing to Hawkinson at all. Hawkinson was amazing in this game. Put up huge numbers. You can't throw it three yards on fourth and eight. You just can't. And it wasn't even like he was getting dragged down and threw it desperately. He was like, snapped it, looked and threw it to Hawkinson and the season was over. What the hell? What was that? Why did you do that? Why? Why did you do that? Why did you do that, Terry? And you know, it just bothers me that it's 4th and eight. Throw it to Jefferson. Throw it to Jefferson. And I know they are all over him and bracket coverage and blah, 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 blah. I will take you back to the Buffalo game in which Cousins and the Vikings were also looking at their mortality, and they needed a play, and it was going to be over, and Cousins said that when Jefferson made the crazy catch of the year, the one-handed catch, he basically said he predetermined it. He said, I knew I was just going to throw it to Jefferson and let him try to make a play. It's fourth and eight. Throw it to Jefferson. Let him try to make a play. I don't care if, if Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis and Ronnie Lott are dragging him down to the field. Throw it to Jefferson. I... Can you imagine being in that stadium? And it's like, all right, so Kirk, Kirk throws it and it's incomplete, okay, you lost, the Giants were really good that day and they deserved to win, fine. To, to have that death where you, you throw it woefully short of the sticks and you complete it. It's not like it was incomplete, he caught it. And there it was just immediately tackled, a pretty casual tackle by a guy who was completely ready. Even if Hawkinson had like hulked his way out of that tackle, there were other guys coming He had, who would have had to run six yards. It just probably wasn't going to happen. Just such a strange decision. I would have much rather see him just chuck one over the middle and it goes high or gets knocked down. What a, what a frustrating way to end the season. Why did you do that? We'll explain it. Uh, it'll be a very unsatisfying explanation. The Take a Lap Award. The Take a Lap Award. I talked about this earlier. That goes to Joey Bosa. Joey Brosa, uh, whose brother just dominated this weekend. The Niners are so good, so good. Whoever they face, buckle up, they're awesome. But Joey Bosa, the Chargers collapse was happening in real time right in front of us. And not slowly, quickly. And Bosa, it was a touchdown by the Jaguars, and Bosa believed that the right tackle in front of him started in his release early. Like he, he committed a false start, which he did. But it was a kind of a bang-bang, and they, they were trying to explain on the broadcast that the officials don't always call that, which is a little weird that they don't. But he was pissed that there was no false start called. I think he was also held on the play. He's playing injured. He wasn't called, uh, had a holding call against him all night. And he freaks out, and he spikes his helmet. That helps the team. He just It also just gives you an image of that play for the year. Update from uh, Bengals-Ravens game. The Bengals have a field goal. And they're, leaving, they're leading three to nothing. So it's not this crazy 70 to nothing first quarter like some people anticipated when Lamar decided he wasn't gonna play. But Bosa, that's a tough image, man. I root for Bosa, I like him. I told the story once when I met him interviewed him after he won Rookie of the Year. And I was backstage with him, I said, how's it feel? And he said, oh, it feels so good. I love this Rookie of the Year award, means a lot. It means so much to me that I'm gonna come back stronger and win it again next year. And the second he said he was going to win the rookie year award in his second year as well, that's when I'm like, I love you, Bosa. That's my kind of player. But he had a tough night, and he slammed his helmet, and he was pissed, and I get it. He was doing the thing afterwards, and he's like, I have a lot of things to say, but I, I, I don't want to be fined. Tough image. And then his players, his teammates, that were trying to pick the helmet up and help him, and he just was having none of it. The Phil Luckett call of the day. Oh, man. So in the Vikings' final drive, there was just a. I think like a 9 out of 10 terrible roughing the passer call on Dexter Lawrence of the Giants. And you sat here and you thought, oh man, there it is. If Cousins goes down the field and they score this game, and they score this touchdown, and they win eventually in one way or another, that is going to be the play. That we're always, at least I am, I'm always so nervous that there's going to be some nuclear meltdown call that just ruins a game or even ruins a season. And you think, God, if the Giants lose because of that, everyone's gonna be so mad in New York. Thank God they didn't. But it was a terrible call, just terrible. And I hate it when it happens in those moments at the end of a playoff game, when a team is down and needs a break and the refs give it to them. Because then you bring about all these ridiculous theories of impropriety and you get the fans to doubt it and you say they want them to win, even though it's ridiculous, even if you believed in that, why would you ever want the team from Minnesota to beat the team from New York if you were thinking about the bottom line? doesn't matter. It really encourages that type of stuff. Also, we're doing a double dip on the um, the Luckett call of the day. Again, didn't you think it was a very strange sequence? The last play of the game for the Bills. I don't mean the kneel down. I mean the motor Singletary run, where they figure if you can get a first down, you can just take a knee. You get stopped short. You'll probably have to punt or something, and then they. He, gets, he, he stopped a couple yards short, and then there's the scrum and the linemen run downfield, and they push him, and the crowd starts to scream, and it's really great. It's kind of an angry run, but he goes down short of the sticks. It looks pretty clear, but they signal first down, and Romo and Nance are like, what? No, they're saying first down because it, it wasn't a first down, and then they show the replay, and it was pretty clear there wasn't a first down, but since they called it one, you couldn't overturn it, I guess, because it wasn't ironclad. Strange call. Why, why call that a first down? Just stop. Stop and measure. Like, very call. Phil Phil Luck would have loved it. Very strange call, though. Um... uh Uh-oh. We got a Bengals interception. Was Snoop just intercepted? Bengals interception. I'm getting real-time notes. Yes. Tyler Snoop Huntley intercepted. (laughs) Alright. Maybe that game does get ugly. Bear in mind here, if I have this right, in in things in the sports media, the worst thing I am... The thing I'm worst at is playoff scenarios and who plays who. I just get confused. So if the Bengals win, they will go to Buffalo next weekend. I'm guessing that will be a Sunday night game, but I don't know. If the Ravens somehow upset the Bengals, then the Ravens will play the Chiefs and the Jaguars will play the Bills. So there you go. Meanwhile, the Bengals off to a relatively good start and just got uh, picked off. That's Tyler Huntley, the backup quarterback for the Ravens. The RIP my dog Tony Stark, player tweet of the day. Trevor Lawrence one of the worst first halves ever played in any sport. And then, had an amazing second half. What do you do? Well there's a meme for that and there it is, he found it. Trevor Lawrence, I don't think I follow him on Twitter, I don't imagine he's a terribly catchy tweeter, just kinda plays it close to the vest, which I'm fine with. And he tweets that great kid from high school football back in the day who does the post game interview and he says, they had us in the first first half, I'm not gonna lie, they had us in the first half, not gonna lie and he gives like the most positive, encouraging, and eloquent uh, post-game speech. Trevor Lawrence just tweeted that with the picture. No caption, didn't write anything, just included the tweet. And last I saw, it had the 50,000 retweets, and everybody just loved it. When you don't tweet much, and you're not much of someone who drops like a good line, and you've certainly never been in the R.I.P. My Dog Tony Stark player tweeted the day all season for us, if you show up with one good, people love it. Absolutely love it, and I loved it. I saw it, I was like, oh, good job, Trevor Lawrence. Nice job, buddy. Good win, good tweet. Um, The line of the week. This week, we always draw our inspiration from uh, some terrible or beloved Schwarzenegger or Stallone movie. This one, um, it's a movie called Commando, 1985 or was it 86? Arnold Schwarzenegger is holding a character named Sully who he gets information from and then once he gets the information he drops him off a cliff and he falls to a violent death. Afterwards, he meets up with uh, Tommy Chong's daughter and uh, they have this exchange about Sully, who he dropped to his death. What'd you do with Sully? I let him go. It's that simple. I let him go, gravity took over, and his skull was crushed and his spinal cord collapsed and he's dead now in the bottom of some canyon in LA. One more time. What was that, on Chong? What'd you do with Sully? I let him go. He did. And we uh, can just let the Niners keep going and going. Is someone going to beat this team? Is someone going to compete with them? God, they're scary. If your team is in the playoffs right now, especially the NFC playoffs, let's say, uh, oh, let's get right to the LeBron tweet, because LeBron never tweets, so we, should get, we should better rush this under the show. Purdy got game, LeBron said. Purdy got game. Um, so LeBron is tweeting about Brock Purdy, who still occasionally I will call Bryce Petty. It's that unlikely of a story. And then uh, Brock Purdy, who, as we know, is a rookie, was asked afterwards, hey, did you know LeBron tweeted about you? Check it out. LeBron James fan. Yeah, LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> I did you tweeted about you? I did not. LeBron said that. Uh-huh. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. You know what I like about that is that reporter said, "Are you a LeBron fan?" And he goes, "LeBron, LeBron James. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of LeBron. Yeah, that's the one we're talking about. That LeBron." There's still no other famous LeBrons that I know of, but yeah, we are talking about LeBron James, and that is really cool. It looks cool because Purdy looks like he's 16, and LeBron's career is probably, let me think. When did LeBron enter the league? In 04, 03, 02? Somewhere around there. So I would think Purdy's probably 23 years old, so I'm just gonna do the math here and say that Purdy is probably born in 2001? I don't know, 2000, 1999? So he's been he was a baby when LeBron came to the league. His entire life has been LeBron dominating and just being this massive force. Now here he is after winning a playoff game. And LeBron is tweeting, Purdy got game. The Purdy stuff is awesome. I kind of make it a rule at this point not to mention the nickname for the position he was drafted in, because it's just kind of cringy and annoying. But it's really cool. The com- just wait, like the comparisons for Purdy are starting to percolate. The Brady <laughs> replacing Bledsoe. The young Ben Roethlisberger, like, all all of that, like, all the way to the Super Bowl. He's pretty good, man. I mean, he's really good. That game was an, an annihilation. See how it came to play, and then just Purdy and Debo and McCaffrey just took over. Purdy's so good. He's just, he's a natural. He's just, some guys get out there, and they're just gamers. They just, they're just like, this is cool, this is football. Like, I'm not nervous. I got my system. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm pretty good. There's no, there's no. There's just no gagging on anything, no throwing up mom spaghetti. It's very cool to watch. Uh, This is never cool to watch. One of the awards we like to end the show with, that would be the uh, Catherine Martin uh, rubs the lotion on its skin award. Let me scan through our 70,000 sound bites. Here we go. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. And whenever the Chargers are told to rub the lotion on its skin, it's usually the end of the season. Isn't that right, Buffalo Bill? It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Yeah, I have a tough time with the Chargers because they're such such low hanging fruit, it's so stupid to make dumb Chargers jokes. But if not now, when? You know, this is, that was an all time, that was, I mean that was, I saw a debate, I got into this uh, wormhole online about, I think that's one of the worst losses in sports history and I don't even think it's in the Chargers top five losses. (laughs) Imagine if a 27-0 lead in a playoff game and you're like, "Ah, I have it at their seventh worst loss. (laughs) That's tough. I don't know what it's... For my whole life, they have had really good players. They always have good players. That's the weird thing about it. They're not, like, the Lions or just some other perennially crap, like the Bengals 20 years before Burrow showed up. The Chargers have always had, like, players whose jersey you wanna own, players you draft in fantasy, players who are in the Hall of Fame, and yet they still have that reputation of like, you're such a joke, Chargers. Do you know how many people where I work at NFL Network pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl? When everybody does their picks about, here we go, here's this analyst pick, and there's this analytics experts pick, and this anchor, and this whoever, we all do it. These emails come out, who your picks? And my pick was Bills over Packers, and you do what you want to do. But there were like 9, 10, 11 people, I don't know, out of 30, maybe less, who picked the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, win the whole thing. And, they, and then they did that. And it's like, what's going to happen next year? So I don't—I actually don't think they're going to fire Brandon Staley. I don't. I was reading my guy Jim Trotter about this. Jim Trotter, who's like Mr. San Diego. And he had a bunch of reasons, a bunch of reasons why. Not only just that the players like him and kind of sappy reasons like that, but that the Chargers as an organization uh, don't like to spend a lot of money on head coaches. They hire up-and-coming or cheap ones. They're not going to do this Sean Payton thing. They don't like to give up draft capital. They don't like to trade a first-round pick. So, like, the Sean Payton thing is goes against years and years and years of the Chargers business model you might say well yeah it never works you should change it of course they should change it but businesses don't do that and billionaires don't do that so I actually don't think they're going to fire him and I definitely don't think if they do they're going to hire uh, Sean Payton but they're the put the lotion on the skin team of the week guys tomorrow is one of the greatest take days of the year not as good as Tuesday is going to be but let's get to the Monday take buffet come on All right, it's Monday's takes today on Sunday night. I just talked about the Brandon Staley thing with the Chargers. Listen, I could be wrong. I feel very strongly that they won't hire Sean Payton and moderately strong that they won't fire Brandon Staley. Um, Doug Peterson, is Doug Peterson the best coach in the NFL? Right now. Never mind what you've done for years and years. Never mind Belichick and John Harbaugh. Just right now, like pound for pound, is Doug Peterson the best coach in the NFL? I say it all the time, if Doug Peterson wins the statue, wins the Super Bowl for the Jaguars, I, I blew the punchline there, he's gonna have a statue outside the stadium there and it'll be a second statue with his second team. Can you imagine that, he has one of the Eagles and he has one of the Jaguars, he'll have that. He's only three wins away from doing it now. Um, if Bills and Josh barely won over a guy named Skyler, they beat the Bengals or the Chiefs, that's all week. Every every single Bills conversation will be dipped and deep fried in, they almost lost to Skyler, it's fine. I understand. I'll have it myself. They did not look good tonight. They they did not look like a great team, but they looked like themselves. It was sloppy on defense, it was sloppy on offense. They won. Survive in advance. They gotta win three. Games. The next one's gonna be a lot harder. For us. We all know uh, we need to know about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Tough week for Kirk. You know what's we you know what's hard about the Cousins thing. And you know I like him, so I'm biased again. He was nearly flawless in that game today. He was excellent. Not just good, not just great, he was excellent. And the entire station will be about the last play of the game. And that's fine. I, I don't, I don't resent it really. Like that's he needs to make a better play there and a better decision there. You have to give your chance, team the win. It's the biggest moment of the game, and you made your worst play of the game. Um, he's a really good quarterback. He is. But damn, that's the kind of moment that if you are a critic of his and saying that he's small time and shrinks in the spotlight, why are you throwing there? Is Patrick Mahomes gonna check it down? To, to Kelsey at, at, for two yards when it's third and eight, fourth and eight. I just don't think he would do that. It's a tough look. Tough look. Uh, the 49ers, just everything that comes up about them is going to be how amazing they are and that they may have the easiest path to the Super Bowl. You know, we're going to see how the Eagles show up next week. But still, I, I said it two months ago right here. Niners-Eagles, NFC title game. I, I still believe in it. I still think the Eagles can beat the Giants next week. Um, nothing will compare, though, guys. Are you ready? Start saving hand goods and shotgun shells and gasoline right now because the tuesday morning take apocalypse following the bucks cowboys game that might be end of times they may have to declare martial law you may have to board up your windows keep your family around you and just guard your front door because when the takes are leveled following either the tom brady loss or the cowboys loss it's it's just there's gonna be there's gonna be no no services no no garbage collection no air conditioning no electricity no nothing it's all gonna go into the Walking Dead and it's gonna come mostly from a couple shows on the ESPN and a, and one on FS1 but that's where it'll come in so tomorrow's gonna be a great day Monday take buffet the Tuesday take's not gonna be a buffet it's gonna be um one of those movies where they declare uh, there's there's no law for like one day What <laughs> are those things called uh. Help me out. What do they call the purge? Purge. It's the Tuesday morning take purge where it's like people are out in clown masks just committing felonies and there's no rules. That's gonna be Tuesday morning. Tomorrow morning my kids stay home from school. It's a national holiday. We may keep them home on Tuesday too, just for their own safety of the Cowboys and Bucks takes. Guys, it was a great day. It was a fun show. I'm glad you were here. If you're listening to Sunday night, I love you. Monday morning, I love you. You can listen anytime you want. You can watch anytime you want. It's always better. Visual medium, warrior, and all these incredible accoutrements we have here in the basement. I can't wait tomorrow, and I will do that just then. Until then, uh, I'm not the commercial, so I'm not going to sing your way out, and you not want to hear that crap anymore. See you tomorrow. Love you. See you well out the door, out the garage. Close the garage on your way out. See you guys.